Welcome to the On Topic podcast. Back again, it's that weekly podcast that takes a sideways look at a specific topic each week, each week being a different topic. I'm joined by my co-host and lover, John. Yes. Finally. Hi, John. Finally, lover gets a mention. Hello. I think it's time they know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very much a long-distance, non-physical relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it still counts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look at all that war poetry. Yeah, stop sending it. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. Uh, John, uh, what are we talking about today? We are talking about nursery rhymes slash, slash. Um, childhood songs or children's songs. I think. Yeah, is what to call that. And I, 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 yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go balls out the bathtub here. I'm right. gonna, I'm <laughs> what gonna. What does that mean? It's, it's an Alan Partridgeism. Oh, okay, right. Um, so I'm gonna. This is why. This is why I want to do it because I think they're more interesting and more funny than people realize. Um, I, my favorite one is Pop Goes the Weasel. Really? Right. Do you know you you have London roots? Yes. Do you know the meaning of of the nursery rhyme? Uh, I've never really thought about it, I suppose. Um... Pop goes the weasel. Do you know what that means? No. I just ran it through my head. No, I don't know. Weasel and stow is coat. Pop goes the coat. Yeah. So what, it, what it's about is half a pound of tub in your eyes, half a pound of treacle. That's where the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. So pop goes the weasel is a reference to... Having to um, having to pawn your coat because you've run out of money. Okay. Up and oh. down the city road, in and out the eagle. That's the oh. way the money goes. Pop goes the whistle. Spent all your money down the pub. Pawn oh. your coat. See. Wow. Yeah. Pop was yeah pawn. <laughs> Do you know what? Weirdly, because it's just one of those things. You your big your favorite song has just made me because i never didn't think of this when i was writing my bits and stuff um at all because it didn't come up an ex-girlfriend of mine back in the day well like for like five years until about 2001 had her family had a cockatoo or a cockatiel i can never which one they are right the small one with the rosy cheeks and the spikes i think not that. yeah cockatiel? the second one yeah i think so yeah i think so so not a parrot but like a like a budgie basically and it used to whistle uh, Pop Goes the Weasel, but it only <laughs> could whistle the first line or two. So it would go, and it's just stop. Yeah. It used to do that all the time. Its name was Spike. And I remember they're quite a down to earth family. And I remember we went around there one Sunday for Sunday dinner. Um, and we walked in, and her mum said, Oh, Spike's dead. Now, he'd been a member of the family for 20 years. Spike and she, my girlfriend at the time went, Oh my, oh no, I thought, Thank God, I'm not down to this that stupid thing. Which Surely you instantly thought, Pop goes the weasel. No, <laughs> I didn't because what superseded it was the next lines. Uh, my girlfriend then said, Um, oh, what did you what, what have you done with him? Are we going to do like a like a basically like a burial in the garden? And her mum. Without missing a beat, she was like cooking some potatoes or something. It didn't even look back. She just went, nah, just for him in the bin. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Fair enough. 20 years in the family, straight in the bin. It's cool, though, isn't it? That's a cool. It's, That's it's, good. It's quite, it's 
it's dark, it's real, you know, it's honest. A little secret meaning. Like I've got to, another... to a child, it's just a little rhyme, you know. I don't know, but you now that one sounds real, but I don't know if some of them aren't uh apocryphal. Like they've added it later. I've got oh, an example. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that in literature. I don't think, you know, like now mm-hmm. you get like um uh, literacy A-level class and they'll yeah. be di- dissecting Shakespeare. Oh, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, I know what you're gonna, you mean. Yeah, he didn't but mean that. Half of the things that people have now added in, he didn't mean. No. It's they just do. that you can, if you overanalyze something, you can find so many additional meanings. And it becomes a it becomes a circle wank as well because other people agreeing with you are agreeing with you because they want to they want to say something wanky as well. So you end up with this. I think actually what he was saying was that um, Pavafany in the scene had like a lot of inner emotions. And someone else goes, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's just a massive circle wank. But he's probably just thinking, that's quite a good line. I like that line. Um, So yeah, so if you're thinking about switching off, I've proved already with Pop Goes the Weasel that it's probably worth sticking around. Do you know... The supposed, this is my one that could be apocryphal. Do you know the supposed tale behind Humpty Dumpty? And my, why? my understanding is it was the nickname for a famous cannon. That exploded. Or fell off the wall. I thought, I think... Because right, they so were mounted on walls, weren't they? Yes. They, right, once you listen to the thing, it kind of makes sense. So I'd heard that it was a breach explosion, which could happen. Like so, that it was like the main gun had exploded. There was a breach explosion. Yeah, and then you think why the rhyme, and and why the rhyme is because, uh, as we know from the childhood game, I'm going to have to call it because I don't think. All right, it's a, a racial enigma. I don't know. Chinese whispers the game you play as a child. Right. The problem you start with a phrase, and doesn't the American or whatever played it? Don't there's probably other names around the world. The idea is that somebody, you, there's a line of, you're a line of people and you get given a sentence that you re- whispered to you and you whisper it to the next person. And then at the end, you find out what it's turned into because it generally morphs as people um, pass it on. From what I remember, the reason to make it rhyme, e.g. Humpty Dumpty, was to protect the message. So you'd know, you know, if somebody said it to you. Oh, oh, oh to make it more easily heard. No, no, well, yeah, more easy to remember because you had to be the next line had to rhyme. So if you went Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All right. the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. It's just so that you can't change any line in it, so it will always come out right. And they knew then to get to the castle to protect it because they'd lost their main gun, which was. Humpty Dumpty. And have you Googled this? Yeah, but you, it, you end up with a just a, you know, the same thing. There's no proof whether it's apocryphal or not. On whose line is it anyway? They used to call Chinese whispers broken telephone. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, I just, that's what I knew it as. And I was thinking it's a bit, yeah. I don't know, is it racially insensitive? Probably, but I don't know. Well, I don't know, I don't get the reference, pe- really. Chinese people can't whisper. Can't they? <laughs> That's the, that's the thing that we all know. I'm with Ricky Gervais on uh, Humpty Dumpty. They shouldn't have sent all the king's horses. 
rubbish. To put an egg back together. Yeah, hooves. That's where the problem is, isn't it? It's that's and again that that's interesting because that was it was literally just a depiction in like the 18th century of it. As they an added egg. the egg. Yeah, there was no egg before that. So, that's, so that is literally the mind of one illustrator, mm. and it has shaped that forever, really. There's probably hundreds and thousands of those, isn't there, where people have just added. I assumed it was like a a, a rhymy taunt from the opposite side, the opposite team <laughs> that didn't have that cannon pointing at their faces anymore. You know, so it's a bit, you know, like the the, the imprison is all together, all together. You know, yeah. more of a taunt, you know, than a. From what it was to pass the message without the message being corrupted right. by it being passed. So yeah. I don't know. You just run, like ride your horse as fast as the wind will go, and then you're going. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty, um, it's on the wall, you know. Um, Humpty Dumpty had a great call. Write it down for fuck's sake. I can't write. Okay, just listen. <laughs> What's writing? It just doesn't matter. Listen. Yeah. Is it going to be in the paper? They don't exist. Shut the fuck up and listen to them write. The cannon's exploded, you twat. <laughs> yeah. It's your turn to uh, operate Humpty. Who? <laughs> You know that the best cannon we've got that's really perilously close to the edge of the wall. It looks like it's it your might job explode. to operate that. We're calling that Humpty. Yeah, Humpty Dumpty. We're calling the big cannon Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. Have you ever noticed it looks like an egg? No, that'll never come up. It's an egg with a face. <laughs> really, legs. really cute trousers. Legs and arms. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they all have they all have meanings in that. Do we need to roll back? Do we need to roll back to our childhood? I have no memories of listening to. I've only know. got, I've got think... two things, but because I this is kind of why I put in childhood songs because I said before my mum having not much to do when we were younger. What I mean that we lived in a small village and she uh, and when I was very small before I started school, so between zero and five, and um, she was a mum. Um, and uh, then she played the piano and the organ at the church. So she played the piano at um, play school. So I remember hearing them at home and then hearing them again at school. Um, what's yeah. that? Oh. So you were an, your mum was an all round good egg. Yeah. Every community needs same, one. Same shape as well. She did. Um, she, my mum's a gossip. She was there, like, there. she's just a gossiper, you know. Anyway, I remember uh, one, two, three, four, five. That's what I remember my mum playing at home. Once oh, I once I caught a fish alive. Yeah. Yeah. And my mum, and my mum's, I told you before, I said this before, my mum sings soprano. So I can't imagine what she would have been singing along at the playgroup. So there would have been one, two, three, four, five. Like that would have been probably quite. And everybody with the other play school teachers going, I'm not joining in. That's my mum's the loudest person singing at a funeral. <laughs> you know when everyone's just muttering. They reckon they reckon it might be the oldest one. You know, what one two three four five? Yeah. Oh really? Seventeen sixty five. Because it was literally just to help count, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. That, that probably makes perfect sense. Once I caught a fish alive. It's not. Then none of them are long, are they? I remember having my only sort of memory is. And this, these things do repeat themselves in, in life. I remember having this, like, dodgy toy that was like a tape player but didn't use tape technology. Right. And so the it worked using, like, dimples and mechanical thing. To So you put in this pretend tape 
and it would play that tune. I was before that. There was the gramophone version of that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, pinned. Yeah, and I remember, I remember one by one those tapes mysteriously going missing, even though yes. I had a very set place for them, and it was my parents getting. I bet, really you're, I bet your kids off. find that their batteries in the more annoyingly noisy. Exactly, toys, I've they, done the exact they run same out thing. Really quick. I've done the exact same thing that my parents did all those years ago, and started lobbing out the annoying sounding stuff. It's amazing how quickly you forget, isn't it? Because, like, as a child, because I remember every time I went to a birthday party, I went to come back with one of those whistles that goes, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum would always put that somewhere safe. Yeah. Don't know where. where. There's probably a whole drawer of them. She just threw it in the bin, obviously. But yeah. Not a day goes by where I'm not handed something that's accidentally been broken. And I'll say, I'll fix that at work tomorrow. Oh, right. Nothing, nothing's ever come back and <laughs> from work and not that we have any facilities to fix toys at work and and, and they've never asked either they've have never they ever asked. been to your work because they're going to go one day and be like what the fuck molly's this been a toy factory yeah molly's been i don't know like but she's nine she's old enough to understand she's still yeah oh great thanks yeah and then never asks about that because it's tat so much tat worse than the nursery rhyme toys though Obviously, my kid's a bit older now, but in in the day, in their day, there was. It's not the nursery sitting around signing toys. It's the American voice sounding toys. Right, but they were a lot Let's better. Counts they... are four, one, <laughs> two, three, four. But they're it's a lot awful. better than they were, aren't they? So grating. They, they used to be, but they used to be monotone shit. Yeah, it's a real person or whatever now. But let's say zebra. <laughs> Let's not. I was imagining just... one of your kids coming, like you take the kids to the zoo, and um, your daughter goes, "Look, look, Dad, Dad, they've got a zebra. Get out, get out. <laughs> yeah. We're leaving." <laughs> My wife's parents didn't let her watch Sesame Street because they pronounced the letters wrong. Oh, really? Yeah, because it was Americanized, wasn't it? Yeah, just never watched it. Um, I was just thinking of songy stuff. The other thing that I, I I've spent my life doing is, oh, you're like this actually is telling people things late. Like, you know how you told your uh, lovely wife with your fancy dress story that it was fancy dress late? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was. that was like almost a hobby of mine as a child. And I said that I would be in a school thing. Uh, I don't know what it was, like a school show or something. And I never mentioned to my mum that I needed what I needed. And then it was about, I don't know, say the thing was on the Friday... And on the Saturday, I said to my mum, oh, by the way, I'm going to be a frog. My mum went, what? And she went, you know, is it three little speckled frogs? And my mum went, right. Yeah, I'm a frog on Friday. Do you need anything to be a frog? Yeah, just a green jumper and green tights. And my mum knitted, because she's a knitter, like Billy or from the whole week to get this jumper fit. Yeah. That I'd never wear again because I was going to be a frog on sat on a log for like three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> just there go. Oh, I'm in. I was five. I don't know where. Three little That was the first time I ever that, went on stage. That is the joys apparently. Just this week, uh, Tuesday morning, uh, M- Molly was. I was like, oh, Molly, you know, get, get your uniform on. She goes, oh, well, we need wellies today, <laughs> and she couldn't. They didn't have any wellies. Right. So you had to rush like, and go yeah, buy some wellies. Yeah. I said, put uniform on really fast then. Thanks for letting me know. Uh yes. Yeah, so it's it's, uh, it's an ongoing it? it's an ongoing problem. 
Um, I've got so I've got I've kind of got some facty stuff and some other stuff. I've got I've got one. I've got ten really quick ten quick facts about nursery rhymes. This might okay, help they won't because I thought you'd do that. I googled something else. Yeah, so we've got worked. a different yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, number one, nursery rhymes are, as we know them, date back to the Middle Ages. Though the first collection in English was Tommy Thumb's Songbook, seventeen seventy four. I was going to say, better be after the the fish song, otherwise... Yes, ten years after. So it really set a trend. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Number two, the book included London Bridges Falling Down with the word broken instead of fallen. London Bridges Broken Down. So London Bridge always had that mechanical aspect to it, did it? No, 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 that's the wrong bridge. You're talking about Tower Bridge, everyone does that. Yeah, so wrong bridge. Yeah, so why did they use the word broken then? Because uh, I don't know, something hit it, but that's yeah. not the same bridge. An Everybody, Americans always there by Tower Bridge going, Oh my god, London Bridge is falling. Shut the <laughs> yeah. fuck up. It's yeah. down there. It's boring. It doesn't look like this, you twat. They were not called nursery rhymes until 1806 when Anne and Jane Taylor published their n- rhymes for the nursery. Okay, that's good. Uh, number four, that book included Jane Taylor's Five Verses Poem, the star of which the first verses verse was... <laughs> I'll start again. Fuck. That book included Jane Taylor's Five Verse Poem, the star twinkle, twinkle. of which the first verse was the now common twinkle twinkle little star. But with or without the tune, because that's one of my things, the tune from Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and is it Bar Bar Black Sheep and the Alphabet Song are all one and the same? Yeah, but they got stuck together after. Okay. Because right. these were poems. I was going to say, I thought they Not must have added ditties. the tune. Because you get, uh, that's what used to happen with hymns in churches. They just, they had the words and then the organist knew some tunes and he just sang them along with them. Yeah. Mary Had a Little Lamb was written in 1830 by the influential US editor, novelist and campaigner, Sarah Josephar Hale. Bar Bar Black Sheep, did you say? Oh, t- what was it? Mary Had a Little Lamb. Mary Had a Little Lamb, okay. That's interesting. That's so... more annoying American now, you know. You have, that actually needs to be read in an American accent, so I expect you to do that for your kids. <laughs> Mary Had a Little Lamb. Oh, the lyrics of Mary had... I've gone off top, topic now to check this one. Right. Uh, Mary had a little lamb. The lyrics of Mary had a little lamb were inspired by Mary Sawyer, who lived in Sterling, Massachusetts. Definitely Reports, American accent, then. The New England Historical Society, Ma- Mary took the young animal under her care after the poor thing was rejected by a sheep mother. And then ate it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, number seven, Mary Had a Little Lamb was Thomas Edison's first recording on his phonograph. Right. 1878. I knew that. That's that's quite interesting. I didn't know that. I thought first it ever been... recording, wasn't it? Mary Had a Little Lamb. I thought it would have been hello, hello, hello. So Americans have got the fingerprints all over the modern history of this. I love those things. Though. You know when you hear the first thing? Like Alexander Graham Bell with a telephone. He wanted it to be answered, ahoy, hoy, which I love more. We should have done that. <laughs> It's shit. Why do we go with hello? Ahoy hoy is amazing. That's how they got um, Mr. Burns. You know, he always says ahoy hoy on the phone. Oh, right. 
they nicked that because uh, Alexander Graham Bell. Yeah, the first phone call ever made was from his office to his uh, assistant in the next room. And they went, and... is that number three? No, you've got the wrong number. It's number two. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sketch. Bit... I've stolen that from Harry have you, and Bill Russell. Have you been in an accident recently? <laughs> yeah. Fuck off! It's, it's not a sales call. Just go ask a few <laughs> questions. <laughs> Ahoy hoy! Have you been in a car accident recently? They don't exist. Fuck off. Oh, on the same theme, number eight, in 1951, Bar Bar Black Sheep became the first song digitally saved and played on a computer. In when? Oh, 1951? Yeah. Oh, can you imagine how shit that would have been? Shakespeare mentions Jack and Jill in Love's Labour Lost and in Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, wow. That's cool. So they exist, bef- so they basically exist way before the books do, really. Yeah. It's just when they're written down or published. Yeah, that makes sense, I suppose. I guess once a travelling bard picks them up. Yes, yeah. A bard, yes. Oh, here we go. This is interesting. It's controversial based on what we've already said previous. Number 10. In the 17th century, Humpty Dumpty was a drink of brandy boiled with ale. I told you. That's the problem, isn't it? In the 18th century... In the 18th... In the 18th century, it was slang for a short and clumsy person. Okay. Ah, so what they're actually saying is, they're alluding to your point, there are so many possible meanings for Humpty Dumpty, is what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. So this, so Humpty Dumpty, because I know we're actually doing live research, guys. Hey, Lord, guys. Humpty Dumpty is believed to refer to a cannon used in the English Civil War, 1642 to 1649. It's oh. probably the it's probably both. It's probably the lovely symmetry of a little rhyme about yeah. someone's drink falling off a wall because of the way the name words have changed. It also matches the story of the cannon falling off the wall. People have just liked that on a sort <laughs> of pun, had, pun basis. Had too many Humpty Dumpties and were short fat. People yeah. would call you a Humpty Dumpty, and then they go, "You look like you look like that cannon, yeah. you fat fuck." You've had one too many Humpty Dumpties, Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can so, see how it happened. Yeah, that's ten facts, and it's it's because when you start getting into history, obviously it gets blurry, but it gets interesting as well, like how these things come about. Absolutely. You haven't said what your favorite is. Well, my favourite is... I suppose, do you have a favourite? I don't know. I think that would be quite odd, wouldn't it, to have a favourite? Um, I don't really know. When we when we started talking about this, I kind of was racking my brain. And uh, now I didn't really come up with a lot. Um, oh, yeah. No. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a rhyme, isn't it? Billy Goat's Gruff is a rhyme, isn't it? Uh, is I don't it? know what it goes like. No, me either. So... Uh, Oh, is that just a story? That's a story, isn't it? Um, I have got... I've got some of the lesser known... Because I was thinking there must be more than... More... Nursery rhymes that didn't get famous, you know? Yeah. Like your there's one loads. Hit, one... I bet there's loads because, because it literally is completely dependent on catching on, isn't it? Well, I just thought, you know... Madonna, and enduring as well. Madonna, you can just say her name and everybody goes, I know who that is. But if you go Millie Vanilli, people will go, who the fuck is that? And you go, well, listen, yeah. guys, 
So I've got, they're very short, by the way, and weird, um, six nursery rhymes, only going to do a couple, where that, that have been forgotten. That's what I'm going to do. Elsie Marley has grown so fine, she won't get up to serve the swine, but lies in bed till eight or nine, and surely does take her time. This, it says here that the pubs were a breeding ground for rhymes. I suppose there's no football. They haven't got Sky Sports. Yeah, yeah. And Elsie Marley was a lady who ran a pub called the White Swan. Um, and as she got, as the pub was successful, she did less and less work. Right. So they made up a rhyme about about Yeah, Elsie while sat Marley. outside waiting, waiting for her to open up. Drinking Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> <laughs> Guess another Humpty Dumpty. I've got a fucking great poem about Elsie, lazy bitch. <laughs> um, <clears throat> cross patch, lift the cross the patch, lift the latch. An old famous one. Cross patch, lift the latch. Sit by the fire and spin. Take a cup and drink it up. Then call your neighbours in. These were chanted in 18th century uh, monkey bars. What? Chanted around the 18th century. Oh, right. At Crosspatch was a person who was cranky or cross. The patch meant fool or gossip. These aren't good, are they? These are dying on my ass. These are things that people used to sing through the windows of nursery schools. That's, oh, right. that's, weird, not, that's not creepy. Good news is Jeff's not a paedophile, but he does keep going, hanging around the nursery and shout taunts through the windows. That's What's your odd. job, Ron? Well... Well, I'm not employed by the nursery, but I tend to hang around singing songs through the window. That's nice. And there's quite a, an evil one. This, this, uh, this will be the last. Some one. are really dark, actually. This is uh, really. What is it? Is it uh, Mary? Mary? Quite contrary. Is really dark. How does God grow? I don't know. The whole I'll tell you. Uh, sorry, oh, right, tell we'll me. Tell it. me that one next. Right. So this is. This has a saying in it that I, has become popular. Um. But we don't know the we don't know the nursery rhyme. Tell tell tale tit, your tongue shall be slit, and all your and all the dogs in the town shall have a little bit. It's a great example of, of a schoolyard taunt when you called somebody a tell tale tit. That was how you said it. Tell tale tit, your tongue shall be slit, and all the dogs in the town shall have a little bit. Mm. I mean, you could have just called me a wanker, I know. But I went home and wrote that instead. So, fuck you. Yes. Do you want to know Mary Mary Quite Contrary? Go for it. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> Mary Mary Quite Contrary, how's your garden grow? Silver bells, cultures, and maids all in row, whatever. Right. So, Mary was Bloody Mary. Her growing garden was her growing graveyards. Right, okay, because she was the she was the person who caused the was it um was she the person Bloody Mary was she the person who No, I've got that wrong. I was thinking of a disease that she spread everywhere. Is that right? Bloody Mary? This is we can't just be doing live research. Yeah, no, Bloody Mary, so there's yeah, because it was she was quite contrary, which caused a lot of death. And um, silver bells and cockle shells were torture instruments. She didn't exist. 
I've got it here. Bloody Mary is a legend of a ghost, phantom or spirit, conjured up to reveal the future. She's said to appear in the mirror when her name is chanted repeatedly. She's like shit candy man. Uh, she's the daughter of King Henry VIII. What the fuck? How we can't even rely on Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of more more tales of the of of of, of nursery rhymes as a kid. Um, I do remember. There's my... right, there's one that's properly properly historical and steeped in. Thing. Oh, okay. but, but but and that's the Grand Old Duke of York. Oh, I've got another one then. Go, because go, go, go. It, obviously, because that's very full in its verse, isn't it? But do you think that's what I said? Because the Grand Old Duke of York surely uh, plays to what I said, which is getting information back so that it rhymes, so that if because there's no newspaper, so you've got to go backwards. And you, people have to know what's happening on the battlefield. So you go, the Grand Old Duke of York, he had 10,000 men. You know, just so that people know what's going on. It's weird. It's, again, it's really weird because... This... I was just thinking, I was just thinking of, because if this had to work like that, <laughs> you imagine if you've got to get news, you've got to get news to the, uh, like, I don't know, you, you're in London and your family lives in Leeds. You've got to get the news back to them. But by a, um, I don't know, a horseman or something, <laughs> and it turns up and goes, your auntie Sally, who lives in Dally, can't be a dancer. She's got cancer. <laughs> and you yeah. go, what did you do like that? Like, I'd have forgotten it otherwise. So you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I still, I still like this theory that they were morale boosting taunts for the opposition. They issue, the issue with Duke the Grand Old Duke of York is historians can't agree on which Duke of York it was. Right. And so... Oh yes, yeah, so... Um, it's argued to be Richard, Duke of York, 1411, whose right. forces were outnumbered and defeated at the Battle of Wakefield by the Lancastrians. There was a lot of Yorkshire, yeah, Lancastrian ruler, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, then there are other theories that says it, that say it's Prince Frederick, Duke of York and Albany, who commanded the British Army during the Napoleonic Wars. I but thought it was either way. The song is to, either way. The song is to commemorate a loss, a battle lost. Right. You march them up. You march them down. They ran away. If you get what I mean. I'd got as well. As a historical, well, then again, see, it could be apocryphal, couldn't it? I've got Ring a Ring of Roses, as in, and that was supposedly. Oh, plague, wasn't it? The plague, yeah. But the more you look at it as an adult, you think, that's probably bollocks. Like, that sounds like a lot of old bollocks. Uh, well, again, they needed a little, little song to pep them up. Yeah, <laughs> keep me going. I was trying to rhyme things Cheer in my up. head. Cheer him up. Truly disgusting, like news about your mouth. I don't think. Um, I don't think sneezing was a a major symptom of the plague, was it? Anything like any 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 kind of fluid. It was like like if you think of COVID, like that basically similar. 
kind of thing. If you coughed or sneezed or whatever, it would have been, yeah, not not great. It was mainly because our sewerage systems and we just went down the street. It was a, a whole thing. Uh, how tight, how how many people were in London was what was a huge contributor to it, the plague. I said we had it. I, I did say on the podcast. You had it? it in the, no, we had it in the village. In a way, like COVID was, wasn't it? It was like a, like a plague, wasn't it? It was like a, a a virus, a flu that passed through society and wiped a yeah. bunch of us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if if you if you'd have rolled back COVID nineteen a hundred years, and they were looking through like the Doomsday Book or whatever, and they go, oh, there were a lot of deaths in uh, you know eighteen twenty one, and they go, oh yeah, bad flu that year. We had it in. They the... wouldn't, you know what I mean. There wouldn't be any more an- analysts, analysts had it than that. First World War it was Spanish flu, wasn't it? Yes. Which a very similar uh, um, uh, problem. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, they've given up on nursery rhymes by then because the radio. Fuck it. Just tell them. <laughs> Make it rhyme. No, can't do that. Yeah. I don't know. Do I do kids? Do they sing? Do 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 they do nursery rhymes at school? Yeah. I know there's there's lots of bollocks, isn't there, as well, that people make up that aren't true. You know that thing, can't even have black coffee anymore. You know, bar, bar, black sheep. No, no, no. There's bollocks. Nobody, no people, have, no, there's no race who have gone, oh, I think we could just, could we just change the words to that? Yeah, instead. I know there is a different version. Is there? I've, yeah. The, the, yeah, but it's not, it's not, how is it racist? It isn't exactly no. It's completely neither's black coffee. It is that. It makes perfect. I don't sense. know that one. No, no. <laughs> right? Did you not allowed to ask? I think it. you're thinking of the um, what is it? The Rolling Stones one. That is racist. Yeah, fair enough. That's fine. No, but I'm not talking about that. But it's the um, it's that that gammonist idea that, that you're not allowed to do this anymore. When you yeah, clearly can, which is what is good. incredible about nursery rhymes in a way. Because, like we've already uncovered on this groundbreaking podcast, there's some very sinister meanings behind some of these. Yeah, it's perfectly acceptable to sing about them. There was only. Do you remember when um, when we were kids? I don't know these. They kind of nursery rhymes. Do you remember how you used to? I'm not going to do the one. Don't worry, it's not coming out of my mouth. The racist one. But do you remember when we used to? You know, if you were picking whose go it was to do something. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, dip, well, milk, yeah, shit. several ways, yeah. You are not it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was yeah, loads yeah. of those kind of things, weren't they? Yeah. So they do, that almost has a function. As I said, there is the racist one. I'm not going to do it. They changed that to Cat's got flu. Dog's got right. chicken pot, so out goes you. I didn't know that. I hadn't heard that one before. Oh, oh, it's, I think they are quite regional. They are. There's another thing that's cool. Um, I've uh, do have, so, because I moved from Buckingham. If you're in a rush, dip shit, you're it. <laughs> do you remember that there used to be I, there would have been a game I don't know what you call this right tell me what you call this there's a game when we were kids where one person would have a base and they would count to a number and then and everybody else was playing was would hide and the game was that the, the seeker had to find people or they could make a break for it and touch the base. Right. But that has a different name. The reason I've done it that way in that really contrived way is because that has a different name in every single region, I think. So did you have that game? Uh, hide and go seek. 
That's not hide and seek. Because hide and seek is you just find them. But if they break a break for it and get home. So in Suffolk, that was called block one, two, three. I don't know if we had a name for that. I don't know if we had a name from, for that game. It was called kick the bucket home. You had to, somebody, you had to, the, the seeker has to touch the lamppost, which is what we used to use. And you'd go, and you go, kick the bucket home, I see Jeff. Right. That was because Jeff was rubbish at hiding. Right. But if Jeff made a break for it, um, he could just run and kick the bucket home. And he was fine. <laughs> that's that, that that's a childhood fun game. I do want to know what what, what, what what the viewers or listeners, sorry, what of your what's your version of that game? And if yeah, you can we'll write out. out and if you can write out your um your rhyme for finding out the not the racist one. Your rhyme for picking whose turn it was or whatever. Yeah, that'd be great. If you get on the Facebook group and do that, that'd be amazing. I'd be so good. Do you remember because we never it's, played The this. classic one is uh, a bread roll, isn't it? It's like, you know, like, t- you know, like, uh, barn or bun. Oh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, regional. Bread yeah. cake yeah, or yeah, roll. Yeah, there's like 36 variations, isn't there, throughout the country? The other one I wouldn't, wouldn't mind knowing as well, because girls used to do nursery rhymes, what what would be deemed as nursery rhymes, a lot longer than boys, because they would do, in the 80s, there was two things. Like you'd hopscotch play, and stuff and skipping. Yeah, you'd play that thing where you, like, pat a cake, basically, but they had a rhyme for clapping and, like, doing high fives and shit. And there was another thing called, do you remember elastics? The girls used to have a piece of elastic... Long yeah. piece of elastic in a loop around their legs, and they would um, play these, sing these songs whilst make while doing shit with the elastic. Yeah, it's such an odd thing being a boy. You've already gone looked at it and gone, yeah, it's not for me. That looks yeah, uh, and that yeah. weird thing we string cats cradle, cats cradle and shit. Yeah, well, that no used way. to have a little song that went with it, didn't it? Oh, did it? I think so. I think I think girls got they held on to their songs a lot longer than we did because I. Yeah, I don't know what they were singing or what they were doing. I remember being mesmerised by whatever the fuck was going on, whether it was skipping or elastics or um, Cat's Cradle. But, yeah, don't know. Yeah, God, you're painting a very um, sort of uh, pretty picture of uh, an idyllic childhood there. But that was. But then then for me, because I was a little twat, all the boys would be playing football, normally with a tennis ball, or something, and the girls would be doing that, and I didn't like either one. So it's just sitting there, <laughs> fully nude. No, just um, yeah. Probably check this out. Get in trouble. Jack and Jill. Mm-hmm. There are I've got I pulled this page as four common interpretations. Okay. And then the actual one. Oh shit! Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, so this someone's done some research here. Uh, so Jack and Jill went up the hill, fell water. Jack fell down, broke his crown. Jill came tumbling after. Right. So there's an old Norse myth that um, <laughs> features some kind of demigod kidnapping two children, nice, and making them get water. Right. And that's they believe is that's where that is from. Right. This King Louis the sixteenth and Marie Antoinette. One popular jungle. interpretation of the rhyme is that it tells the story of King Louis and Marie Antoinette during the French Revolution. King Louis was beheaded, lost his right. crown during the Reign of Terror. Shortly after, Marie Antoinette was also beheaded, came tumbling after, 
although the story seems to fit quite well, some have pointed out that the earliest known printing of the rise actually before. predates the event. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, Kilmerson, Kilmer's Don, a small town in Somerset called Kilmer's Don. I'm probably saying that wrong. Yeah. But you know, they, they talk funny, don't they? They do. Uh, there is an actual hill now called Jack and Jill Hill that locals believe ins- inspired the nursery rhyme. Their story involves a young couple, Jill and a, a local spinster, and Jack, her mysterious lover. In this version of events, Jill becomes pregnant by Jack and the couple is overjoyed, but when Jack goes up the hill to collect some water and tragically dies, Jill then dies of a broken heart. Shortly after, the small town band together to raise Jack and Jill's son. Right. Then it says, Jack and Jill, the actual meaning. Um, it's clear from the many possible interpretations that no one knows for sure what the origins of the famous nursery rhyme truly are, and thus we may never know where the story of Jack and Jill originates. However, one thing appears certain, the seemingly benign and cheerful nursery rhyme seems to refer to events that are quite a bit darker than the... Actually, they don't actually have an actual meaning. They're just going to summarise in a pleasantly diplomatic way. I don't. Yeah, I. It yeah, says, what... but ultimately, it's a cautionary tale to teach young children an important lesson. Don't go up the hill. They were supposed to be more fably than they are, weren't I, they? I, as I said, though, I think the problem is, is that they become they're just apocryphal. Or the story, whatever the story is that goes along with it, that's incredibly <laughs> naive of that town in Somerset to think that it's. But it probably them. makes them, but it probably gets people to climb a very non-specific hill, doesn't it, to do that? Because I, uh, when I said earlier, the rhyme and the the tune, whatever the rhyme is, the tune was added later because they that. So sometimes, so what we know of as Humpty Dumpty, the tune to Humpty Dumpty or Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, they're just added later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we don't know that Humpty Dumpty might have been. But, you know, he might have been a beatboxer with his mate who could rap, <laughs> who was going Humpty Dumpty, you know, because it doesn't make any, it never made any odds. Right. I don't know if you know this, Amazing Grace, you know, the the terrible uh, hymn, Amazing Grace, is often sung at funerals of people who've never been to church before. That's Isn't it like the American National Anthem? Not Amazing Grace, no. Oh, no, they sing it in a similar, at similar times, though, don't they? Yeah. So the music for Amazing Grace and the words for Amazing Grace didn't come together until like 50 ah. years after each were created. And they happened in a church. Where so what did they used to sing Amazing Grace to? Anything. I've it got a brand whatever, new combine Amistad. Well, it was whatever the organist knew the tune to. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, because, so like Victorian cinema. Yeah. they're Basically, it's um, it's rhyming couplings, isn't it? So you can do... So you can do anything. It didn't matter. That they just it came in the post. Weirdly, I think the the words to Amazing Grace, because it's known as a uh, people think of it as like a slave song, like ah. a, like Camp Town Races kind of thing. So the idea, you know, they sung it when they were uh, in the field. So that that's with that's true. That's very strange because Amazing Grace, the song, I think the lyrics were written by. Uh, by a slave owner, and the song was written by somebody else, and then they and the music was written by somebody else. Then they come together to create mm. this piece of shit music. <laughs> it's one of those two options if you're a, if you don't believe in God, but you're buried in a church, and people try and guess what your favorite hymn is. They either get all things bright and beautiful, 
or Amazing Grace. They're, they're both shit and no one should ever sing them, but they happen all the time. Let's get a John Peel style review of these children's songs then. See, see if you like them. Wheels on the Bus. That's a classic, isn't it? it you is like that a classic. one? Um, I could stand final. What, what about the people oh, on the bus can... going chat, 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 chat? It chat, is quite chat, annoying, chat. actually. Uh, Alright then, we're not sure on that one. Little Bo Peep I don't like how slow that one is Yeah, no, I'm with you Very slow Bar Bar Black Sheep's got it It's just the sheep, If you're after a sheepy nursery rhyme Bar Bar Black Sheep's where you want to be at I think. I'm a little teapot Yeah, that's just fun to say to people It's a tune, standing. isn't it? Yeah <laughs> You know when someone doesn't realise they're standing like a little teapot That's quite fun to point out Ran around the garden. What was that one? Like a teddy bear. Oh, do you remember the rude ones? No. Uh, I remember one. I can see because they're terrible. There was, uh, do you remember the Coco Pops monkey? Coco, what was it called? Yeah, Coco the monkey from Coco Pops. There was, uh, yeah. There were funny versions written like that we used to repeat at school. Oh right, okay. Oh, my... so like like Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. Yeah, but it was my name's Coco. I'm a monkey like you. I live on drugs and I sniff super glue. I keep my condoms in a bright yellow box, but I'd rather have it off with Samantha Fox. Oh yeah, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> I remember that. There you go. There's a piece of shit. That's that stayed in your head, hasn't it? They do. That's why it works. But that's why those work. You know, the the passing news that rhymes, it works because you remember them. That's, that's quite clever. I've just proved it. I haven't heard that. Samantha Fox hasn't been famous since about 1988. So no. And I still remember that. Dirty rhymes from your childhood. Is that what you're on? I think we're, we're, we're at, at it unless you want to do <laughs> one dirty rhyme. But you're going to have to watch it. That's the problem. I, I knew that one and I was like, okay, well, that's safe. I can do that. Oh, I remember one. Go for it. Um, it was a very popular song in our childhood by Wet Wet Wet. I feel it in my fingers. Yeah. I feel it up my nose. I pick it and I flick it and see how far it goes. That's it good. Does really work to the song beautifully. I really like that. It's almost syllable for syllable perfect. Yes. Yeah, we are fast approaching the end of the of the. You tell show. me not to tell people to join the Facebook group. I did do it in the middle, but if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook. Yeah, group. we got some new people joined this week, which is nice. We did. Thank um... you to them. Uh, we'll we'll be doing an off-topic episode at some point soon-ish. Yes. So if you join the Facebook group now, you you'll have a chance show. to actually yeah raise a topic, raise a question, anything for that. And just yeah. generally join in. We've got the YouTube channel now as well. Yeah, we have. You've promised to do it, and it exists. It, it does exist. Uh, you're just... If you're watching, if you when they watch it this time, you if if you if then the clips come up, my hair is at maximum insanity right now. So you're really going to get some extras out of that. Yeah. So you're just going to have to like search the On Topic podcast to find that YouTube channel at the moment. Uh, yeah, but it's got little shorts, little teasers for upcoming episodes and stuff, and it's got sort of clips from old episodes on, on there. And it's um, we record the video as well as the audio every time, so we've got 
you, you can actually see our faces on there. Yes. So yeah, uh, go and join yeah, up. it's only for clips. We're not going to put full episodes up there. Follow us on there. Follow us on TikTok. That, that's all I've got. Oh, send us an email if you want at theontopicpodcast at gmail And we do want to hear your rhymes and things like that, especially because I know there's a lot of ladies. And if you know, remember the rhymes from the Elastics game and the yeah, well, just like the that? skipping rhymes, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like. I want to hear those. Just copy and paste them. Someone else would have done it. Don't write that if you can't be asked. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to know because I, I can picture them, but I can't remember any of the words. No, me either. Epic. Okay, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.